Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Rick and the Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear a heart support. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, just want us to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www dot blog talk radio.com forward slash reconnect my heart also you can go to the chat room which is available right now on our website and i also want to invite you those who may be on social media you're welcome to go on my page at brotherprater.com brother prater excuse me at reconnect my heart podcast.com reconnect my heart podcast.com as well as on my facebook page under Brother Prater. I'm very excited today. Um, have to kind of change up some equipment today, but thank God that we're here. And without further moment ado, I would like to introduce a very special guest on today, young man that I've known practically all my life. And he's a great uh, minister and educator within our church at True Believers Tabernacle Church. I'd like to introduce to some and present to all our very own minister, Landolph Washington. How you doing today, sir? I'm well. Thank you. How are you doing this evening? Good, good, good. Mr. Manfick, I'm going to see if I can um, get you on here. Okay. I'm gonna... Okay. Can you hear me pretty good? I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I'm going to see if I can... Uh... Heavens, that to hear. Okay, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Mm-hmm. Okay, the headphone settings are not working out, but um, I'm gonna try something else. I gotta try this right quick. Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's. Okay, so what we're we gonna do? I'm gonna get you on on our Facebook page. Okay, here's. Okay, I'm gonna do this right quick. One second. I'm going to try something right quick. Okay. 
Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started now. Uh oh, okie dokie. I have to, I have to try to be innovative, but, um, Sorry for those that um, that came on on time. Sorry for the delay, but uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Brother Landau Washington to be here today. And uh, you know, one of the things that we've had our conversations, um, one of the conversations we often talk about is uh, grief. And today's topic is entitled "Does God Care About My Pain?" And so with that response, um, can you share with us the very important question, does God care about our pain? First of all, good evening to everyone and giving honor to God, uh, Father, and to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to Pastor and Sister Logan, our true believer, Tabernacle for Gospel Church. Yes, God does care about our pain. You know, it may seem as we go through our traumas or our uh, pains and stuff that God doesn't care, but God does care. Yes. And, and you know, the funny thing is um, I found out all of us go through things in life. No matter if you are a preacher, pastor, a musician, a lot of us go through things. And sometimes we feel like because we're saved, we're exempt from problems or even grief. So just from your experience, just in case those who may not uh, be familiar with it, uh, can you share with us uh, some of your uh, experiences uh, within the ministry? Yeah, uh, uh, it has been one that has been challenging. Uh, one thing that I've learned is that you have to believe what you teach and what you preach, because if you don't, the enemy will attack you in those areas. And so then you have to then let your faith come forward, because if it doesn't come forward, then you find yourself depressed. Uh, you find yourself wanting to give up and thing and uh and you 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 question then why god let you go through these things but uh we are not exempt as you said uh pastors uh evangelists uh uh apostles whatever area of ministry that you're in as a teacher whatever uh you're gonna go through life difficulties i've had minds share of them and uh some of them have made me cry and think but because i believe and i trust in god and what i teach in god word is what helped me to 
get a hold to myself and then rely on what God's word has told me. Yes, you know, the, the funny thing is um, sometimes even when people go through things as ministers, sometimes we may feel like uh, there's people that care. Mm -hmm. We may feel like, well, we have to say something. You know, mm -hmm. we may have the perfect words to sell to mm -hmm. tell someone who's going through. Mm -hmm. But then when you go through it yourself, mm -hmm. you realize there is no perfect word. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I found out that it's best to be able to just remain silent, you know? Mm -hmm. And so even with uh, the experiences that you and I have shared, Ashley, um, we were listening with the grief topic a couple of years ago, and we began to start exchanging notes pertaining to some of the crazy things mm -hmm. that might have been said. And mm -hmm. I was blown away. And I was like, really? You know? Mm -hmm. And then when I experienced it myself, and I realized it wasn't just those crazy words, but it was those words and more mm -hmm. that people say. And these are people that they generally care about you right but they're not very mindful of what they say mm -hmm. so uh can you share with us um you know even your response pertaining to that well yeah uh they mean well they are saying that has been said for years and but they fail to realize when you say those words to that person who are grieving how they add to their hurt. Uh, you know, uh, they say things like, well, they're in a better place. Until you've been on that other side, uh, you don't know how that, that cuts you. Because for you, the better place is that that loved one is still here with you, where you can talk to them, you can laugh, you can hug them, you can you can feel their love, their support and things. And so, you know, uh, uh, some uh, will say, well, you're going to see them again. No, I want to see them now. And uh, so these are just some of the, the few little things. Oh, the main one. Oh, just get over it. Are you serious? Or here's the other one. You just got to pray. We believe in prayer. We know prayer works. But a lot of times you hear this constantly, pray, pray, pray. And you're saying, I am praying. I am praying. And, but is there something that can just take away this pain? That's what, what can take away this pain, this hurt that I'm feeling? My heart has been ripped apart. And so, as you said, some of the best thing you can do in those situations is not say anything at all. The families that I have dealt with over the years, one of the questions I asked them months or so later, I said, what do you remember the most? And the answer always come back the same. I don't remember a lot of the people were there. I don't remember some of the kind things were said, 
but they can remember some of those things that I've just said you said. And what they remember most of all is those people who were just there and didn't say a word. Those are the most comforting ones to them. You know, um, that is so true. You know, sometimes those those moments when people presence, mm-hmm. people presence means so much. And especially, you know, when you, your mind is racing and trying to deal with reality. But yet still, sometimes we may even try to host. Mm-hmm. We may try to be accommodating to mm-hmm. those that are trying to come to see us. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there are some, you know, you know, they um, they want to try to treat as if there was nothing wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that that's something that, you know, sometimes they're not very patient pertaining right. to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they don't they they don't mean any harm. Mm-mm. They mean well. Mm-mm. But sometimes they have to realize that each person is differently. Yes. Each person is different. And each person grieve differently. Yes. Matter of fact, um, it's uh, my mom had four boys, and so when we were grieving over the loss of my sister, each one of us handled it differently. Mm-hmm. You know, one brother went to work the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's the way he handled things. While me, I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and so like each one of us handled it differently. So. Mm-hmm. With that, when it comes down to a grief, there is no quote unquote cookie cutting process, a cookie cutter process mm-hmm. that we handle it or no order. The mm-hmm. main thing of it is that we do allow ourselves to take those steps mm-hmm. for our benefit. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, um, and it's and also for those that don't know, he also is the um, not only an educator at our church, but also he deals with grief recovery. And so I highly recommend for those who may be uh, looking for someone who may be uh, a, a minister or maybe a good advisor pertaining to steps with uh, grief. I do recommend that I've watched him. So with that, so today. One of the things we wanted to talk about is the grief when families deal with miscarriage. Now, even though uh, they may have uh, lost a child, but is there a different grief between a miscarriage of a child versus someone who might have been born or may have lived an extended period of time? Definitely. Uh, the grief of a miscarriage, the grief of a stillborn, the grief behind an abortion. Totally different. Totally different. It can't be treated the same. A lot of times we look at grief and we try to treat them all the same. The grief of an adult, of a husband, wife, or child that have lived some years or sibling, they're totally different. You can't treat them all the same. 
And as you said, everybody grieved different. Siblings can grieve different over the death of a parent. They don't grieve the same, but we'll assume they do, but they don't. And so a lot of times what happens is, uh, let me say this, because you and I, in our conversation, you know, we talk about the church. And so it has nothing to do with how holy you are, how saved you are. Uh, when grief hit, it hits. Uh, matter of fact, I was talking to my youngest sister yesterday, and our father just left us then on December the 6th. And he was the first person I ever watched die. Had never seen anybody die before. And thank God he went peacefully. But to watch it even right now, six months, five months later, I was telling my sister, I said, it's still strange to me that this man died. He died. And I saw it. And she was telling me how she is looking at it. I have an older brother who he just don't talk about it. And so, yeah, each one of those griefs are different. And miscarriage, stillborn, the uh, abortion, no matter how the abortion happened, the griefs are different. You know, um, it's, it's funny when we think about that. Oftentimes, we really don't prepare ourselves for death. Um, and sometimes we can even anticipate those who may be older, those who may be sicker. Uh, sometimes we may anticipate them leaving, but when they actually do, it's different. It's a different reality. And then I found out that even though those people may have gone on, some of them it's kind of like you anticipate. Mm-hmm. But then those sudden deaths, mm-hmm. those are the ones that is is it's weird. Mm-hmm. Now, not only two people who may be young, but they may pass away or die different ways. Mm-hmm. One person that I know uh, passed, uh, one person's sister I knew passed away. She'd been sick for a long time. She was young, though. Mm-hmm. But then when my sister passed Mm -hmm. and the way it happened, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, so I found that not just the passing of someone, but even how they died, Mm -hmm. you know. And so um, even with the um, miscarriage or stillborn, uh, can you elaborate even pertaining to that? Because sometimes, like you say, when we at church, sometimes when things aren't addressed, sometimes mm-hmm. people who are dealing with that feels that if God doesn't care. So just in case those who may be feeling that way, you can um, 
uh, share your words pertaining to that as well as even just uh, diving into uh, miscarriages. Okay. Um, see, you can't, even if you know a person is leaving, as we knew very well my father was, uh, he was fine one day. Two days later, he was hurting, only to find out he had an aggressive bone cancer. And in two weeks, he was gone. They told us he wasn't going to survive. And I don't care how you try to prepare for it, you never prepare for it. And so uh, when it comes to miscarriages, and stillborn, there's always the question. Let me say this. This is, has been, uh, you and I have talked about this, that uh, we have sisters in the church. And some of our churches don't ever address these issues with our sister. And so we want to kind of like dedicate this program to our sisters to let them know we hear you because a lot of times when there are miscarriage and stillborns, a lot of times it's not addressed in our churches. Our sisters are left to grieve to themselves, to hurt, to question God, question themselves. Uh, they have a tendency to question their faith. They have a tendency to question if God is punishing them for some reason. They even wonder if God is fair. They wonder if, does, is God really in control? And so they are left with all these questions. And so they are beating themselves up. And yet still they're sitting out among us in the pews and we never say anything. And so hopefully tonight, we're going to try to help you. Uh, let me say this. I don't know the whys. If you're there, why your child died. I don't have those answers. God don't give me those answers. But what we can do is look what God says in scripture to comfort you, to help you to see and understand God's plan. Now, it may not be detailed for you, but there is a plan. But we have to be able to see the plan and recognize the plan and trust mm -hmm. that God is in control. And that it's not God who took your baby. And some of the question may be even this. Is that why would a stillborn, why would God let me get pregnant and carry this child and it comes out dead? That's a question they have. And so they wrestle with this question mostly all their life, if 
they don't get the help and the support that they need to help them to deal with this silent and this secret hurt that they have and they carry for the rest of their lives. And so the two or the three can never be approached the same way. So with when someone loses a child, oftentimes we think about the mother, which, you know, <clears throat> she needs our prayer. She needs uh, support. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, as much as we thinking about the mother, we forget about the father. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, um, I did a book signing yesterday. And I met a young man when I first got there. And I was letting him know what the show was going to be about. Let him know we were having a podcast and a show. And he shared with me his experience. Mm -hmm. And it dawned on me how sometimes we can be selfish when Mm -hmm. we see someone that may even be um acting out mm-hmm. or someone that may that you know we seem like well maybe they crazy mm-hmm. or we may prejudge them as well you know what they got on the suit they smile and mm-hmm. they must not be going through anything mm-hmm. they must not go through anything but sometimes a person can hide their pain mm-hmm. and sometimes there are some people they are functional pain carriers. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when a person is carrying that pain, that hurt, especially, like I said, it could be either sex. It could be the the husband or the wife. And sometimes when the wife was going through something, sometimes that man is there to try to support her and be there with her. Even sometimes take on, I guess, take the blunt of the the blows, mm-hmm. but he's there for her. But sometimes there's no one there for him. Mm-hmm. So, with that, um, do you see that there may be help for the men as well? And if it is, uh, do you deal with it separately, or do you deal with it a different way or a different approach versus the mother? Okay. Yeah. When there are couples and they experience a loss of a miscarriage, they both go through it differently, but they both go through it. Now, that's why we have to have support ministry, uh, brotherhood ministries, uh, women's ministry where we discuss and talk about the issues that both of us face, uh, grief, all these things. It's good to talk about what's uh, marriage and, and all that, but also sometimes or somewhere in life, you're going to experience a grief, a shared grief. And so the woman may be feel, the wife may feel one way, the husband may be feeling another way, or the husband may be there trying to support his wife 
doing this miscarriage. And so her, her pain, her hurt, her emotions can be very raw and where he may want to step in and try to hold her or hold her hand. She's not ready for that. She don't want that at that time. Okay. And this could be very hurting to that man. Okay. And so what we have to do is we have to have support system for these brothers. Now, let me say this here. People, this is another thing people say when you go through said, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. You could have lost a mother just like I've lost my mother. You can lose a father just like I've lost my father. But we have a shared experience. But our griefs are different. It doesn't mean that you love your parents more than I did mine, or I love mine more than I than you did yours. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the individual and the relationship that they had. And so, therefore, those griefs are different, but we have uh, groups where we can come in and talk. We can listen to shared experience and we can learn from each other and we could be there to support each other, let them know, hey, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. I'm here with you. And so uh, this is uh, what we need for men and for women in our church. Now, let me say this. If your church does not provide that for you, there's somewhere there is you can develop your own uh, community uh, where you have met other men. God will send you other men who have shared experience, who now could be your support system, your support group to help you to go through what you're going through. Because it's nothing like a person who has gone through something ahead of you to come alongside you and help you to navigate this also. And that is very important. Now, if I've never gone through that, guess what? All of me telling you I know what you're going through or I feel you, I'm not being real. Hmm. You know, <clears throat> even with that being said, um, is it wrong for us, for those who may be uh, dealt with grief and even looking at miscarriage, um, even abortion. Um, is it wrong for us to ask God or to question God? See, we have to be careful in when we question God. Some questions are anger. And we are, when we approach God in anger, we are basically challenging God. And so that we can't do. We can't challenge God. But we can go to God and talk to God about our hurts and ask God to help us to understand and bring us peace and comfort with what has happened. 
spoke when we said, God, why do you let this happen to me? As though this is not supposed to happen to you. That you seem somewhat different or better or more holy or more righteous than somebody else and this shouldn't happen to you. No. Or you're more privileged. No. Uh-uh. You, 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 can't, you can't go to God with that kind of attitude. So, but it's okay to ask God, is there a plan? Help me to see that this plan or help me to understand this. Yeah, we, we can we can question God that way. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of times we hear them, well. Matter of fact, I, I hear this oftentimes in some funerals. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is scripture. Mm-hmm. But even in this scripture, in its proper context, mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. was not God's plan. No. Mm-mm. Sin is the cause of death. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at when we look at the death that happened or the things that we experience, mm-hmm. even though when we pray for someone, Matthew, I'm I'm even um interject this question. What if someone it can even be a child, mm-hmm. someone that is sick, and we pray for them to be healed? Mm-hmm. But they pass away. Mm-hmm. Can you speak about that when we pray for someone to get healed, but they die? Mm-hmm. Okay. There have been many times we have prayed for people, pray for their healing. We trust God. We believe God that he's going to heal them and they pass. And then they question then, maybe I wasn't praying the right prayer. That's not true. Well, we have to understand God did heal them, but not the way we wanted him to. That's what we have to understand. He healed them. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't our way. We have to remember God is sovereign. And so he is our creator. And so he has a right. So we have to take comfort in that God healed them. Now, remember, God sees our future. And so rather than let the individual suffer and go through God healing, because the most important healing is their spiritual healing, opposed to the physical healing. Now, that's just the the, the, the selfish nature of us as human beings, uh, we would want it that way, opposite of what mm. God wants. Okay, so we have to understand they are healed. It's just God didn't heal them the way we wanted to heal them. Yes, and also even when we look at the word healing, mm-hmm. the word healing, matter of fact, if you can explain what is healing, Okay, you notice if you notice in the Bible, Jesus would ask, will thou be made whole? He never asked him that they want to be healed. 
the action that they want to be whole. Healing would only deal with just a small aspect of your life, but to be made whole, it encompasses the whole person, his whole being. And so rather than just want one little something fixed in our life, why not have everything completely taken care of where we are able to live how the Lord wants us to live? And so that is the most important thing is physical healing. Yeah, we want to be healed physically. We want to be healthy. But don't we want to be whole? Do we want to be complete? In other words, we're not complete. And that's what Jesus is always asking them. Do you want to be complete? You know, why take a small portion of what the Lord is offering us when we take everything that he's offering us? And so it's the idea of wanting to be complete is the most important. Yes. That's encompassed your, your physical healing, mm-hmm. your mental, mm-hmm. your emotional, your psychological. All that is taken care of all in one moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when you mentioned when we pray for those and we pray hard, but they still pass on. <clears throat> and like you said, they did get the healing, mm-hmm. but not the way that we desired it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even when we look at the word healing, it means absence right. from mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absent from pain. Mm-hmm. And so either way, it's a win-win situation. There you go. If we look at it from an unselfish standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, oftentimes, especially when it's a young child, Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless if it was born or mm-hmm. stillborn, mm-hmm. those hopes, those plans, mm-hmm. those disappointments that sit because we had everything mapped out. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, there have been some that I've known who may have carried a child, had mm-hmm. a nursery mm-hmm. already made. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to the delivery, Mm-hmm. That baby didn't make it. Mm-hmm. What can you share to those parents, the father as well as the mother? Mm-hmm. What can you share pertaining to those disappointing moments? Okay. Those and what every parent or couple get pregnant because when she gets pregnant, it's the man pregnant also. It's just that he's not carried. We have to understand is that let's go back to something you stated earlier about sin. Well, God's intention in the beginning was never for us to suffer. But in God's love, with love comes free will, comes choice. So when God had Adam and Eve in the garden, God's intent was for them just to be obedient to him. He gave them everything. He just told them one thing, just don't eat from this certain tree. But because man had choice, he chose to 
rebelled against God. So when he rebelled against God, now he brought everything into play that we're dealing with today, suffering. So since man has consistently rebelled against God, it brings us all the trauma and stuff that we have in life. And therefore, this was sin. Now, God doesn't take your baby. God has what is called his sovereign will and his permissive will. God's sovereign will will always come to completion. His promises will happen just the way he said they will. God's permissive will allow things to happen, but it's not God who is doing it. It is Satan who does that. It's Satan who takes your baby, not God. No, God comes in to the rescue. God comes in to help you in your sorrow. One passage of scripture tells us uh, in Isaiah 61 and 3, God will exchange his beauty for your ashes. So in other words, God will, you will find this, that as you grieve, that some days you'll have the strength uh, to dive in. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. See, a surfer, they have a term they call the deep dive. And if a wave is coming, that is very, and they fall off, they dive and try to get as deep as they can. Now, you may say, boy, that is dangerous, and that's crazy. But in actuality, when we look at it from, from the spirit, from God's viewpoint, is in Colossians 3 and 3, Paul called it hidden in Christ. See, we have to understand that when this is happening, we have to dive deep into Christ. Now, you may say, boy, that's easier said than done. But we have to understand that it's in that deep diving, it's an invitation to meet Christ. See, because there's an old saying says that if you fall or you fail in something, if you fall, and hit the bottom, there's only one way to go. That's back up. And so as you go through this, what happens is that for people who swim or know how to swim, sometimes people who don't, that's they're afraid to open their eyes up under the water, but you can't open your eyes up because when you open your eyes up, you can see. And what you do is you realize you see that in those moments, the Lord will strengthen you. And as he strengthened you, then you'll be able to understand that God will take 
your grief. And you'll see that he has a plan that maybe you didn't understand and you don't understand and you can't see it right now, but he has a plan. Now, your child, whether it was a miscarriage or stillborn, your child is still your child. Now, your plans and your dreams for them may have been dashed, but that your child is still your child. And so God comes in and he comes in to rescue. Uh, we see that even with God, even sending his son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross for us. He came to rescue us. And we have to understand that he was born into our mess. But even though he was born in our mess, he came to help us to clean up our mess. So when ch our children are taken away from us, it's not God. No, it's because of what happened in the garden. Man, oh, disobedience, rebellion against God brought all this into the world and brought us brought us this suffering that we are we may endure during those time periods or whatever death that we have and especially uh through uh stillborns and miscarriages hmm. <clears throat> matter of fact when you when you were speaking um i wrote down some stuff to be able to ask just in case someone who may be thinking the same thing, you know, you know, those that know me, um, even in the classroom, I like to ask the questions that sometimes mm -hmm. some people don't like to ask, uh, whatever may be in my mind. Earlier, you mentioned about um, even abortion. Mm -hmm. And so. Can God forgive me because I had an abortion? And then also. What do I do? How do I handle that guilt mm -hmm. because I had an abortion? Okay. God will forgive you if you repent and acknowledge it. Okay. We're not going to talk about the sin of it because that's not what I, I'm, 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 I'm here to do. That's not what I do when there is an abortion. My ministry is to help them to overcome their guilt. See, a lot of times we are in the church, we can be the most judgmental people there is. No matter how it happens, God will forgive the individual. They don't have to live with the guilt. See, too many of them live with that guilt. You don't have to live with the guilt. No, all you have to do is confess it. Then the Lord will come in and the Lord will free you of that guilt. And what now God has now set you on another path. Okay. So God will forgive you, but you got to repent. You, you, you gotta, you gotta ask him for it. Okay. Because that's the problem. Cause a lot of times some women, they don't repent for it. And then they live with the guilt for a long time. Some of them for the whole life. And how we how we know because it it's manifests itself because sometimes because 
some women have had abortion who don't know they have had it. And because they have not repented for it, what happens is occasionally there are outbursts of anger or behavior change. And you're like, well, what brought that on? Well, some of those who have not repented for it, they are holding on to the guilt and the shame of it. And so, as I stated earlier, when Jesus went to the cross, that's what he came to do. He came to take away our guilt. He came to take away the, sh- the shame that we we have to deal with with the different traumas and, and suffering we go through in life. Hmm. Also, for those who may have dealt with not just pertaining to an abortion, but even stillborn or um, lost a child, how can we pay tribute to them? And also another question, and this, this is going to lead to another topic on another day, but I do have to print this up because sometimes I see many people do this, but not only how do we pay tribute to them, but also is getting a tattoo of the name of your child. Is it wrong? Okay. You can celebrate that child. Here's how we can do it. Let's say the child is stillborn. Well, you know the date that child was born. Every year that rolls around, celebrate them. Because they are with the father. Celebrate them. Uh, you know, uh, whether you get your spouse or if uh, the child was born uh, uh, before or after some of the siblings that you may have, uh, you tell them about them. And uh, uh, you just you just do things that would celebrate it if it was anybody else's birthday. People goes out to the cemetery when they have loved ones, well, they have lived a long time or not, their birthday go, they go out there, they 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 let go balloons and, and things like that. Oh, you those are things that you can do. You can do. Uh, a lot of times we're stillborn, even those that are miscarried. You have name for them. You talk about them. I know we when I was younger, we, I had a little first cousin that was younger than me, and her name was Victoria. And uh, we always talked about Victoria. She only lived maybe about a month or two, but we always talk about how beautiful she was. How she was such a beautiful baby. See, we never let her memory go away from us. And so we celebrate them. So that's that's what you do. But tattooing, no, in Leviticus tells us that we shouldn't mark our bodies. We, We shouldn't do that. And so there are other ways to celebrate them other than marking our bodies. You know, um, <clears throat> yesterday in my book signing, um, I met a young man who had a cousin that wrote a book. Mm-hmm. I was uh, looking it up, and it was called Five Out of Eleven. Mm-hmm. Five Out of Eleven. She has five kids. Mm-hmm. 
but she had six miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna reach out to her and even just perhaps get a chance to uh, talk to her a little bit. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that she did was she wrote a book mm-hmm. and she began to start sharing her story to be able to hopefully reach those who mm-hmm. may have experienced the same thing that she experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, matter of fact, even what was said earlier today, you know, we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And even what you had mentioned, what I found out, the things that we go through in life, mm-hmm. it seemed like we're the only one going through it mm-hmm. when we in it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we overcome it, when the dust settles, when day one starts of the new norm, mm-hmm. it seemed like everybody and their dog end up coming to you and mm-hmm. having the same experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I went to uh when I went back to work after I lost Sheila, I went back to work and there were people I did not know. Mm-hmm. There were people that I didn't know that knew me. Mm-hmm. They went, found me, mm-hmm. and told me, you know, it, it was kind of like I became the poster boy mm-hmm. for that particular situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm looking at it as, well, anybody can speak. Mm-hmm. Anybody can speak about it. But come mm-hmm. to find out, not everybody want to speak about it. Mm-mm. You know, and so I just kept thinking about when I was dealing with the situation with Sheila that particular night, I kept thinking about, and even it still comes to me whenever I get ready to go into a different adventure, I think about when he said, if you take this charge, I'll be responsible for healing mm-hmm. your heart. Mm-hmm. And so it showed me that sometimes God will put us in situations not only to help them and to minister to them, especially mm-hmm. when it's fresh for somebody, mm-hmm. but as we minister to them, we also minister to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's therapeutic and it's it's like a reciprocation that comes. And mm-hmm. the beautiful thing is when you start seeing that person mm-hmm. smile mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you can share uh, some of your experiences you'd like to share right now. Yeah, because like what you're saying, that's one way that you can do when there is a miscarriage or stillborn is sit down and write. Write about what are your feelings. As you go through the process, write down your experience in that. And as you see yourself write and go back and read over what you write, a lot of times you'll see something about yourself because one thing about when these type of loss happens, it, it, it exposed something to us about ourselves that we didn't see. You know, in our church, we talk about blessings, blessing plans uh, 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 when we get to heaven. But a lot of times our theology does not consist of suffering. So when trauma and things like this happen to us, what happened, then we we then all of a sudden find ourselves in a position that, oh, how could this have happened to me? 
The bigger question is, why did this happen to me? Well, there's something in this. He said, that's the whole thing about God. God has a plan in everything. And so what God sometimes does, he show us that we hadn't prepared for the suffering. You know, this is something we used to sing in church back in Mississippi saying, uh, must Jesus bear the cross alone and the whole world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. So if my theology consists of there's going to be some suffering in life, then what happens is that when the suffering comes, I can learn how to deal with it better as if, if I didn't have suffering a part of my theology. Now, here's another good th- thing about that is that sometimes women are able to go on and have another child. Now, sometimes they are not able to have children. Okay. So, what the Lord does is He takes that and He resurrects life. So, you may have to adopt a child. Okay. He's not replacing that child. Watch this here. Look at Job. Job lost all his children, he lost everything he had. But look what God did. He resurrected it. He gave him back the same number of children. Okay. Uh, Even I would say this for those who have miscarriage and stillborns, it would be helpful to you to to seek out. There are other women and groups that are on website that get together. They have gone through this and they tell you of the wonderful, they are experienced but they tell you how God it came in. See, God doesn't replace your child. No, God gives you another child. Just say like he did Job, he gave him other children. So sometimes they will find that some women weren't able to have children. So they adopted children. And so this, once again, is replacing, exchanging God's beauty for your ashes, your sorrows, okay? Uh, I even like what myself, uh, I've always wanted to have four children. Okay. God blessed us with one son. I always wanted to have two daughters, but guess what God did? God blessed me with daughters, but they're not my biological. No, I took one responsibility for a daughter, uh, after passing of husband and you would know about it. Uh, there was another one that I took her through the church through ministry that you introduced me to and both of my daddy's girls and they always in talking before I got on the youngest one uh, was getting on a flight and she's calling me. She telling me about the experience that she had at the retreat and stuff. And she said, Oh, when I get back, I'll, I'm going to call you and I'm going to take you to rest. Of yeah. I, I, and I wanted to, but guess what? I ended up with four. I ended up with four. See, and so that's why we have to understand and look at, look at what God's plan. See, I had, I had really had just forgot all about it of having girls. And then when it happened, I'm like, oh my God, I only wanted two. And look what God gave me. He gave me more than I asked for. He gave me four. And I'm crazy about my girls. I love my girls. 
Okay. And so, so this is, this is what we have to see is that uh, in uh, Lamentations chapter three, verse 19 through 24, around verse 24, it says that my accuser, they want to know what had they done to deserve this. They said they were innocent. They, they accused them of thievery. No, 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 no. No, I mean, that's some, because Lamentation deals with uh, God being our inheritance. But the psalmist talks about they come after him and accuse him of theft. So in other words, what they're saying to us today is you're being accused and you're accusing yourself of doing something wrong when you were innocent. You didn't do anything for your baby to leave you. You didn't do a thing. You were innocent. And so we have to dive in deep into Christ so that we can see what it is that he's doing and why he's allowing us to go through this. And so this is what is so important. I matter of fact, I see my oldest, she 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 just put up. Godfather, amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't call her. She's gonna call me like she did last week. God daddy, you didn't call me. <laughs> so so yes, you know, thank you, thank you, Prussian. <laughs> I have a name for each one of them. Okay. So that's Prussia. She she's chiming in. She's Amen, Godfather. All right. So yes, yeah, so this is this is what we have to have to understand that God is not doing us wrong. No, He's not. No, and and, and so uh, yeah, we we just got to look deeper within ourselves to try to understand what is God is is doing in our life at this particular time. Yes. Now, as we get ready to wrap up, uh, a couple quick questions. Um, in give you a moment to um, answer it, but when we deal with especially the, uh, mi miscarriage or stillborn, is it wrong for us as believers to go to counseling? No. 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 Because God has gifted people in the church, and some of it may not be at your church, what you attend, even if you want to go to one who is professional, I said seek out one that is a Christian and who acknowledge they are Christian and will use scripture to help you to deal with your, your trauma that you are experiencing. So, oh, no, no uh-uh. That is no different as like one of these counselors that are Christian. It is the Bible tells us we have counselors. There is no different than going to your pastor. Now, some churches do have counselors, okay, church counselors that can probably gifted to help you with this, okay. And then for those that don't, like I said, I will seek out if there's a church that has it. You got to go to your minister because your minister may not be equipped to help you with this area okay don't think they they gifted in the area oh no no uh-uh 
I would recommend it because see, let me tell you something. If you don't get the biblical counseling that you need to deal with your situation, let me tell you something. The enemy will eat you up because his whole purpose is to separate you from Christ. When you're going through this, he's constantly telling you, point the finger at the Lord. God did this. Now, the question that sometimes they ask is that if, if God is so powerful and he's in control, did if Satan took my baby, then how is he so powerful and in control? What well, goes back to what I said earlier? It's God's permissive will. He's allowing. It's not God's sovereign will. No. And so this is this is so counseling would be great. Counseling would be would wonderful. I I will suggest it strongly that they get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and especially we as ministers, mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge mm-hmm. that there are some things we don't know everything. There may be mm-hmm. some things that we might not be equipped with. That's and right. Us as ministers, or even us within the church. Mm-hmm. You know, if there is a specific need that we know that this person may need, mm-hmm. we can easily refer them to someone. But we would do them a disservice if we try to pretend as if we know something we really don't know and may try to help them. Mm-hmm. But in fact, instead of helping them, we may be hurting them or prolonging their mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh because a lot of times when we figure that we, okay, I can do this and handle this myself. We're hurting ourselves because if you could handle it, then you would take care of it right away and you don't have to suffer as long. But because we can't handle it, that's why we're suffering so long. That's why we're still 5, 10, 15 years, 20 years we're still dealing with the same hurts because reason why is if some say is because we do not take everything to the Lord in prayer because God will direct you to some of these people. Okay. Mm. Yes. yes. I tell you what, as we, um, as we get to wrap it up, um, if you can have some closing remarks to, the parents, and you know, it's, it's on my spirit to say this right now. We've acknowledged the parents pertaining to the husband, mm-hmm. the wife, the mother, and the father. But we also, we want to acknowledge those siblings. Mm-hmm. There may be some mm-hmm. other, maybe some siblings who are looking forward to being a mm-hmm. big brother or a big yes. sister. Mm-hmm. We might mm-hmm. have uh, had those who they don't know, they don't understand. They don't mm-hmm. understand about why you know, my little brother and I hear and then also even for what they've been told, well, you know, your little brother, your little sister, they're going to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then they ask, well, can I go? No, no, mm-hmm. no. You know, so um, as we get ready to wrap up, if you can speak to those siblings that's gone through the same thing pertaining to losing not a child, but losing their sibling, and also, if you don't mind, if you can give us a prayer, mm-hmm. and however the Lord 
lead you to speak to us and through the prayer you welcome to at this time. You know, uh, as I've told you before, I've always dealt with grief from the perspective of adults. And this has been one of that I have been wanting to really get into dealing with miscarriages, uh, 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 abortion, uh, stillborns. And I can only myself deal with that from the perspective of when I lost my sister. And let me take that word back. I say, well, she was ushered into the kingdom. Okay. Now, when each child, we have to understand, because sometimes we as adults make the mistake of thinking the kid is too young to understand. And they just kids. And so they, so, but that's a mistake. Because see, a lot of times, we leave those kids to hurt because we're so into our own grief and we don't think about our children. What are they feeling? How they're hurting with the loss of their sibling at such young ages. Okay. They may not understand all of them, but you have to deal with each one of them individually because if you don't, what happens is we start seeing acting out. And you get to wondering, well, why are they acting like that? They've been acting like that. And you you will say it, but you don't realize you say it because you're not listening. Well, you know, they've been acting out that like that ever since so-and-so left here. Well, there it is. You, not have, you have not sat down with them to let them talk to you and tell you how this has affected their lives. And so it's important to understand the children, they're hurting too. They're hurting two ways. They see their parents upset and that automatically makes them cry. But yet they don't understand why their sister and brother left them. And so you're not providing answers and nobody else providing answers. And they just say, baby, come and let me hug you. You're going to be all right. It's okay. Are you serious? It's not okay. Don't overlook them. Do not overlook them. Because their grief is a trauma to them. And if they don't get the spiritual counseling that they need to help them to deal with these losses, you're going to see some behavioral changes in them and you're going to try to figure it out and you can't figure it out. And then you're going to want to discipline them in ways that you shouldn't even touch them because the fact is their needs is not being met. So I will say to everybody, if you have relatives or whatever, tell them, take time out to sit down with the children, Mm -hmm. sit down with them as a group, and then sit down with them individually. Because sometimes there's something they may not say in the group, but they will say individually. And you have to let them know it's okay to talk. Okay? So 
Yes, it's very important that the, these babies, I don't care how small they are, you talk to them. Let them talk to you, okay? And so sometimes we see and don't realize because sometimes they're going to want to crawl up in bed with you. Well, they're, they're grieving. So you take notice of them, okay? Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, I thank God even just for that because, you know, oftentimes we have many conversations with the parents, the father, mm -hmm. the mother, mm -hmm. but we let the kids go in their room mm -hmm. and deal with it alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, and sometimes when a child is quiet. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like that's our exit out. <laughs> that's the opportunity for us to kind of move around from them because we really don't want to answer their questions right. because we don't know what to say. Right. We don't know what kind of conversation because we're pretty scared of what they're gonna say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so thank thank you for that, and uh, I'm gonna be praying for that also. I, I look at these as opportunities when we when we see these things, when God put these things on our heart and on our spirit. That's the opportunity for us to start doing our homework because, just like the Sunday school lessons, mm -hmm. whenever we have a Sunday school lesson, what you always say, it's gonna hit us when we hit that door. Right. Later on that day. Right. Maybe later on that week, mm -hmm. but some way, somehow, mm -hmm. God strategically set for mm -hmm. that lesson to come out to prepare us mm -hmm. to be ready. Mm -hmm. So it's not a coincidence that this conversation, especially mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. make sure that we include those young siblings. That's right. Because the church, sometimes we're the first responders, but sometimes we're the first to not be equipped. Right. So um, yes. <laughs> we'd like to get you like um, to give closing remarks. You're welcome to it. And then if you don't mind, uh, okay. lead us into a word of prayer. Okay. Let me just say this. for And June knows this. Is that I have been, ever since January of last year, up until this year, I've lost close relatives, very close relatives. It's like one after the other, after the other, after the other, and after the other, and after the other. And you look at it and you say, when I talked about diving deep, I had to dive deep because I was being affected because I couldn't deal with one without the next one coming. Then the next one comes. And you're like, oh, my God, when is it going to stop? Is it ever going to stop? And June is somebody I just talk with. I, I don't talk to other people because, see, I don't want to hear just pray. I pray all the time. But I realized that everything that I had been telling everybody else, now it had to come back to me to tell myself. 
I had to talk to myself. See, I couldn't drown into the emotions of my sorrow. I had to go back to what did the Lord say? What did he say? What did you tell this person? What did you tell that person? And I remember when my sister was ushered into the kingdom 16 years ago. When she left us, I asked the Lord right then, rather than cry, I asked the Lord right then. And this is a question you need to ask yourself. Would every death, stillborn, miscarriage, abortion, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn from this one? That's the question you got to be able to ask. What do you want me to learn from this? I know you want me to learn something. And so with my sister, God took me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. He said, I'm going to let you go through all this so that you may be able to help others as they go through. See, if you ain't went through, you can't be authentic. People are going to realize you ain't, you ain't been through this. But see, this is just part of my ministry. I had somebody say, Brother Land, I don't see how you do it. You deal with people after people, family after family when they lose loved ones. You say, how do you do it? And now it's hitting you one after the other for 18 months. Can you do it for 18 months when it's yours? And I said, as I stated early, because I believe God. I believe God. I would teach his word if I didn't believe him. So since I believe him, when it happened to me, and what I tell you, I have to tell myself. And so what you need to understand, if you have not gone through this, is prepare yourself in your studying of God's word that you're going to suffer. You're going to go through some suffering. And so when it comes, you can talk to yourself. You can tell yourself what God's word says. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you will see that God has a plan. But remember this, in every death, no matter how it is, you ask God, what is it? He wants you to learn from that. And he will tell you what he wants you to know from each death. I can tell you that as a fact. And that's where you should go when you get it when you're suffering. Going through grief is ask God, what is it that you want me to learn? There's a plan. And so the thing is, find out what the plan is and follow the plan. And so we hope that something was said tonight that it has helped you or encouraged you. Uh, and if you like, uh, you have other questions, you can have Brother June to forward them to me and uh, we'll give you scriptures and things and, and help you. And if you hadn't gone through it, I guarantee you that somebody you know or in your family will experience and you can be able to give them scriptures to try to help them along this journey. So let us pray. 
And we'd like to thank God for this time and Brother June for inviting me. Father, we come at this hour, Lord, with grateful hearts. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you for your compassion. And we thank you, Father, for sending Jesus, Father, to come along beside us. His name, he gave us Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Help us to understand that as we suffer or have gone through the women who have gone through miscarriage, stillborn and abortion, that the Lord has always been right there with them. He has come alongside mm. them. We pray, Father, that for the men who are husbands who have had to go through with their wives and experience this, Lord, we ask you, Father, to give them the knowledge, the wisdom, and the strength and how to help their wives, Father, in going through these these periods of suffering. And Lord, we ask that we understand that, Lord, that you never leave us, you'll never forsake us. But we have to realize, trust your word, trust your plans, that we may be able to see a new life, a new beginning, Father. And as we do this, Father, then we will be able to give you the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> I thank each and everyone who tuned in. I hope there was something that was said that ministered to you and resonated with you. And also for those who may even want to have a question to answer, like I said, like a Brother Landis said, you're welcome to get in contact with me. But also, if there's any topics that you want to discuss, if there are some topics that you just want answers, uh, feel free to send them to me and I will gladly pass over to um, Brother Landy. And, you know, I, I like to make sure that I um, have people on that I know and that I trust. You know, that way people don't hear my voice all the time, you know. But I thank God for for those who are watching and listening, saying hello to everyone. And um, also um, special thanks once again to uh, Brother Landoff watched him. Also, what we want to do, we want to uh, keep those who are grieving in prayer. A lot of my friends have uh, lost loved ones real recently. A lot of people going through. Matter of fact, um, I got a chance to uh, meet up with, I don't want to say his name, but I got a chance to meet up with a good friend of mine that's uh, in the wrestling industry. And when I left church, I went to go meet up with him. And I left and I just found out that his father passed away. Mm. You know, so there are many people that are grieving right now. Mm. Matter of fact, uh, my one of my classmates, he uh, he was installed as the pastor today, but his mom passed away last week. Mm. Um, so it's so many people. Uh, also, a classmate of mine, uh, Dee Dee Lewis, we want to keep the Lewis family in mm. prayer. Um, so I just thank God for, you know, his healing power. And also we want to acknowledge some birthdays, uh, brother Hanson, brother Hanson birthday was this week. And also we celebrated for Miss Rose, Miss Rose Daly, Miss mm -hmm. Rose Daly. She turned another year old. Mm -hmm. So we thank God for her. And so, uh, uh, Brother Washington, we thank you so much. Thank you for allowing um, us to uh, witness 
your ministry and your heart. And like I said, I just thank God for you. And, we, you know, someone like you said, we pray for, we want to make sure that we protect and hold on to because it's very rare. So we thank you. And, um, you know, just being able for you to be able to take care of yourself and get you some rest, you know, some much needed rest mentally and spiritually, you know, and physically. So we thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So with that being said, we thank each and everyone who are tuning in and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and watching Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.